She, yeah. And you know what? Shout out to my wife. Cause she is pretty incredible. Um, and she has helped seriously has helped me keep a level head. Cause I mean, even you probably picked up that like this, this whole space definitely had me feeling like I was not good enough and everything that I was doing was, was going to be shit. Um, and Becca was <laughs> definitely there all the time saying, just focus on the artwork. Don't worry about it. Just do what you do and it'll be fine. Yep. Blinders, bro. Talking about NFTs and that's nifty. That's nifty. All the great artists they come to this place to talk about the crypto space and that's nifty. That's nifty. That's nifty. Your hopes for tonight's podcast are Tyler. Larry and Slime Sunday. Damn, that's nifty. What's up, Dave? Hey, how are you guys? Doing well. Good, good. How about you? I'm glad the uh, Thursday ended up working a little better for you. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, Fridays are, um, I don't know. Those are, those are the days that like we, we like to be done a little bit early and have a, have a drink. And so I probably wouldn't be in any shape to, <laughs> to, to be talking anyway. So, so this, this works better. Perfect, yeah. perfect. But dude, I'm actually, uh, so this has to be like at least my most anticipated conversation because it's definitely been the longest we've had something like tentatively planned. So (laughs) honestly, thanks for reaching out. So like so early because, um, I love your stuff and, and I I think, um, uh, it's a cool intersect intersection of physical and, uh, and digital and excited for what you're doing. I, uh, yeah, thank you very much. And it, it's kind of weird because we've been talking now, it feels like for, for months now, I love the updates. I just love getting, you know, like, yeah. I, oh, you know, that's, it's good and bad in a way too, because, um, I feel like, like you had said, you kind of got to go in with blinders because this, this can, can eat you up. Every decision you make about everything that you're doing can, um, it can be, it can be a real problem to sort of focus on, on what's happening and, and while you're not focusing on just trying to make the best work you can. So, so um, that was, that was, that was good advice. I guess when was your nifty contact? What, how did that time frame break down? Cause I mean, it's gotta be exciting, stressful. And then. Oh, oh hugely, yeah. hugely stressful. Yeah. So um, uh, I've been kind of, you know, watching the the space for a while um, and I'd started getting an influx of messages. You know, I've been following people's work for, for a long time. Uh, and there were some other artists that I've been following for, for quite a while that started to do some NFT work as well. And uh, I did like a post at one point and I had already submitted an application uh, to Nifty. And I did this post and there's a collect, well, uh, um, a person who wanted to commission me to do a painting. Um, and this person, and I don't know if I should say the person's name because I'm not positive that this person would want their name out there. Um, I don't know if they want to get That's fine. books of, uh, of other people asking for like a hookup yeah. or whatever, but uh, anyways, <laughs> this person's pretty big in the, in the crypto community. Um, and that person got in touch and was like, Hey, you know, we should talk. And, um, uh, we did, and we talked about what I kind of wanted to do. Um, and you know, what the different platforms were, um, and, uh, uh, nifty was definitely suggested. And so the, the meeting was set up with Tommy and, uh, you know, we, we talked for a little bit and he was like, Hey, how about, uh, May 21st? And 
honestly, for what I'd wanted to do initially, I was like, that's not enough time. I need, I need a little bit more. So, but I was like, if you're open to doing two releases, I'll do, you know, kind of one that leads into the other one. And we can do that one for May 21st and the next one for, for later. So, so that's what happened. Yeah. So when was that? Was that? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that was, that was probably March, maybe February, March. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so when did you like conceptualize like the digital aspect of it or like at what point were you tracking NFTs and like, I can do this. Oh, well, so, I mean, that kind of started in February. Um, you know, the, the digital side of things, I've always kind of dabbled with it. Um, like I remember back when I was still writing software for a living, I was, um, on my like janky old, uh, iPad, I was doing like Photoshop battles, um, on, uh, on Reddit, when I should have been working, but, um, so, I mean, I kind of always been played around with it and I've been using the iPad, um, to, to help me, um, digitally sketch up and, and mock up what I'm going to be working on, uh, from a physical standpoint for a long time. But, um, it's not something that I, that I ever did for, you know, as like a serious practice. Um, but it's something that I've, you know, just over the last, however many years been trying to get better at, but it hasn't been the primary focus. Um, and with this one, I kind of wanted to, to just bridge the gap between the, the physical and the digital. And so I wanted to do some that was kind of like physical, but then, you know, digitally altered and enhanced and then, and vice versa. Some that I just, you know, started from the ground up digitally and then would paint later. So, um, so that's the, the, the release for this one. Yeah. So at what point in this back to when you started, when did you conceptualize the idea of like, all right, I, I'm going to start, taking my artistic abilities and, and remixing these old paintings because oh, it's that. such a simple idea. It's such a simple idea, but it's like, you know, almost, almost too, too simple to be true. Like <laughs> you execute well, it's just like you insert perfectly. And there's a sense. Oh, thanks. I know. I appreciate that. That's so that actually goes back to 2012. Um, yeah. uh, my, my wife, um, my now wife, um, then was my, my girlfriend. Um, she had this like side hustle where she would, um, she would buy, a whole bunch of shit from, from thrift stores. And she would actually rent that stuff back out to people who were throwing um, parties, having weddings or whatever, and wanted kind of like a vintagey feel for ah. their wear and stuff. And so we spent a ton of time at thrift stores and honestly, I hated it because um, I grew up like pretty poor. And um, so a lot of you know, clothes and sneakers and things like that kind of came from thrift stores. Trying to get out of here. So yeah, I hated it. I just smell <laughs> of them. I was like, Oh, this is gross. So, um, but uh but I wanted to spend more time with her. And so I would, I would go with her and it, there was like one time we visited a thrift store and um, it's like 2012, late 2012, because we had just bought a house together. And um, there was just a bunch of, you know, old artwork sitting around and there was like a religious piece I remember. And I thought it would be pretty funny to, to paint something in there and, and see if it would sell um, more quickly that way. And we just joked about it. And honestly, I got to thank my wife because she came home like two weeks later with with like a few backgrounds and was like, you should try that. And I did. And um, yeah, that was that was it. Didn't didn't look back after that. I just think that's so funny. Now I'm just picturing you like like <laughs> dreading having to go back to a like another vintage store or, or just like somewhere to pick up a, like oh, shit, I got to go pick up another fucking thing. That, well, <laughs> you know, that's the thing. Like it became my wife. Actually, she quit her job probably six or seven years, six years ago, probably now to run the, like the, the logistical and like the business side of things from the art standpoint. Oh, no. And I was still writing software for a living and I would do that during the day and I'd come home and, and paint until, you know, midnight every night and on the weekends. 
And she quit her job to run the business side full time. And it was just because there was just no way that I could do both. And it actually got to a point in 2018 where I just, I, I physically couldn't keep up with, with life anymore. And so it was like decision-making time. And, um, and I, I loved my job. I loved writing software. And I also was, was terrified at uh, the idea of, of, you know, not having a, a stable income, but, uh, but we had saved and saved and saved. And so it was kind of like, okay, we can do this. So did you ever uh, pick out any of the pieces yourself or did your wife pretty much do the curation of like the starting pieces? You know, at first it started off like us going together. Um, and, and honestly, at first it was just like, she would buy everything that she saw. And I literally <laughs> have, I have hundreds of backgrounds still. So um, you get the shoes still from a, a large supply of them. Right? I have a large supply at this point. Cause it, yeah. And, and I can't tell you how many we've donated back. Actually, there was one time when we actually sold our house and we bought the, the studio space that I'm in now. Um, and we live above the studio space. It's like this 200 year old building that we bought we're trying to renovate it and all of that. Um, and so I had to clean out my basement in my old house <laughs> and in the old studio. And I got, I tried to get rid of so many of those, the, the backgrounds that I just wasn't going to use. I tried to take them back to a, a thrift store, <laughs> a Goodwill. And they were like, oh, man, we don't want these. <laughs> so I wound up having to take them to like a landfill and just, that was a whole other story. Yeah. That was pretty funny. But now, now she does most of uh, the, the sort of like curation of the backgrounds and um, she'll, she'll, you know, she'll text me a picture if she's out and say, you know, Hey, is this, is this going to work or not? Um, and, and at this point, I'm a little bit more picky about what, what we choose just because I've, I've got so many that, you know, <laughs> we just don't need anymore. Yeah. I love that collaboration aspect. And I just always think like, do like your ideas for your paintings for the pop culture references and stuff. Does that just come out when you see a background? You're like, I know exactly what I'm going to do with this. Or does it take some time and tinkering to figure out what the next piece is going to become? It kind of started off as, um, uh, both ways. I, I would have a background that I wanted to use and I'd, I'd figure out what to put into it. But it was also like the, the flip side of that, where I would, I would have an idea of something that I wanted to paint. I would just have to find the right background to, to, to pull whatever it was that I was going to paint into it. Um, love that now, a lot of freedom I, then oh my god it's perfect because now at this point like like i said i've got so many i mean they're hanging on the walls they're stacked up on the floor over here they're in the basement they're everywhere <laughs> so um um at this point yeah it's, it's just kind of like marry the two but um but i'm also at this point i'm a little bit i plan a little bit more and so um you know i think I, i'm a little bit more careful about what i'll paint into i'm a little bit more careful about how i execute it i, I want to make sure it's kind of like you know um, cause I've done like 500 of these things at this point and I want to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm doing something, you know, good each time. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm just picturing you like, oh yeah, I, I can see, uh, some French fries squeezing in over there. Um, <laughs> yeah. What else can I show you? Yeah. Um, well, big Mac. Yeah. We can put a big Mac in the corner. Well, it's tough too. Cause like, you know, some of the, I do want them to be a little bit more than just, I mean, at surface level, they're just fun. And, and that's kind of what it started off as, but it was also kind of like a question about whether, you know, whether I could take something and, uh, and, and make it wanted without, without really changing the aesthetic. Cause I mean, part of it for me is like, it's cool that they're like these kind of kitschy, um, uh, I don't, I don't want to say bad, but like, I don't know, like the vintage thrift store art. And I kind of wanted to keep that aesthetic in each one, not just like slap something into them. Um, and so that's been, you know, that's been fun uh, to, to try to find new pieces that, that challenge me to, to work in new styles and, and kind of make it look uh, just similar to the, the existing background, but also that that might have a little bit more substance to them as well. So 
Yeah, it definitely elevates the work. We can tell how you you mesh styles really well with the different like brush strokes and you know just completely matching what the the background piece is. So keeps me it keeps me busy. It keeps me entertained because I, I definitely you probably got this from just like the first couple of conversations that we have. I, especially since I've, I've discovered like this new this new world, I feel like I'm a, a little bit like a like a squirrel on cocaine because I just I can't I can't focus my attention on any one thing for too long, and it's like. Um, so, you know, being able to, to, to challenge myself with, uh, you know, each new piece is, is, is pretty important. So I was flipping through the website earlier and I was uh, wondering if you could talk a little bit more about that postcard series. Oh yeah. That show actually opens, uh, tomorrow. So, um, yeah, this has been a busy, busy several months. Um, yeah. So I'm doing this show with, uh, the first gallery that ever gave me a solo show. Um, it's called galleries, 1988. And, um, I was, I was hemming and hawing about what to do. And last year I did a show called Passengers where it was like all of my sort of favorite um, uh, pop culture vehicles um, inserted into these kind of like landscapes and things like that. Um, and last year it was kind of this idea where all of the vehicles, there were no passengers actually in the, in, in any of the paintings, it was like abandoned um, uh, versions of those vehicles, like dilapidated and all of that. Um, this year I wanted to do something a little bit different, but I still wanted to have kind of a story aspect. So my wife and I were in DC at one point and we went to like some old vintage store and we bought uh, a lot of, of these vintage postcards. Cause we were just like, I don't know, I might be able to use them at some point. And so I decided to go for this show. Uh, I did a series of 20 of these postcards were actually painted in um, uh, the vehicles, but also sometimes with the passengers. Um, and on the backs of each one of the postcards, I wrote uh a little blurb that was like meant to be to an unknown person from kind of an unknown person who's just traveling across the country, hitching rides with these characters from, from pop culture in their, in their, you know, pop culture vehicles. So it, uh, this is like, it's funny because my wife, normally she doesn't, she doesn't get the stuff that I do just because like from a, from a pop culture standpoint, she and I are from a little bit different generations, <laughs> I guess. And so every time I'm painting something, she's like, what the fuck is that? Um, but uh, <laughs> in this case, this is like one of the few times where she's like, I don't want to sell these. I really want to keep these for myself. And, um, and I think it was more of the writing than the actual artwork. But um, but uh, yeah, we're excited about that, that. And that opens tomorrow. That's awesome. I'll have to go back and reread those postcards. <laughs> yeah. And I try to like weave in the stories too. So, um, there's, there's one case where I, I wove in a story between like, um, Mr. T and the A-team, um, the hot dog, uh, vehicle, the, the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile and, uh, uh, Heisenberg's, um, uh, meth lab on wheels. So. <laughs> Should have squeezed the, uh, Pontiac Aztec or whatever it was in there. <laughs> <laughs> that one would have been tough. Cause that's so obscure that people would have been like, what the, what is that? <laughs> I think it's the, the only version of that car that exists too, like the main. I, yeah, <laughs> yes. and I'm sure that, that the version that was in the the actual show is probably the only one that actually ran. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. No offense, Pontiac. I don't know if you're listening, but uh, I don't think they exist. Oh, that's probably true. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> no one to even get mad. That's right. Good bent, Pontiac. Yeah, fuck uh, off, Pontiac. Um, so I, I guess I, I'm like kind of naive to like. And it's just kind of hitting me now, like what, what's your connection with like physical galleries and stuff? I guess what's your experience, um, you know, coming from that side? Have you like done exhibitions or like am I asking a totally stupid question? Uh, <laughs> I guess I'm curious because I, I, I have I have no sense of the 
physical art space besides kind of like how, you know, someone like Mike or people that we talked to from the digital side feel kind of squeezed or did feel squeezed or censored or something. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting world. Um, I don't work with galleries a lot. I've done, um, uh, this is what my maybe fourth or fifth like solo show. Um, and I've worked with, I've, I've had a solo show in New York and I've done a few in LA. Um, and I mean, I love the, the opportunities that the galleries have given me and I'm, you know, forever thankful for them. Um, but on the flip side too, those shows are so much work. Um, you're putting together, you know, however many paintings it is, if it's like 10 paintings or whatever, and they're bigger paintings, you're working for like six months on this show. And then the gallery takes 50%, which, you know, is, is their due. Um, but it also, you know, it could go well, it, it might not go well, who knows? And, uh, it's, uh, it's very, very stressful. So, um, we, and my wife is also very, very business savvy. So she's the one that structures all of, um, you know, my releases and things like that. And I feel like every time I have a good idea for a gallery show, she cringes because she's like, you know, why can't we do that? <laughs> why do you have to give that to a gallery? So, um, so, so I'm trying to, I think I'm taking a little bit of time off from galleries for just a little bit to kind of focus on, um, on the myriad of other things that I've, that I've got to get, get to. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I, and I don't think I realize that galleries take 50%. I guess it makes sense. But Oh, yeah. That's well, it's also cool. weird, too, because so they, they, it's, it's not a bad thing, but they also, I mean, they kind of shield the artists from the collectors. And actually, that's one of the things that I really right. liked about um, my first introduction with, you know, the the NFT space was that, like, there's this there's no wall between the collectors and the, and the artists. And I really like that. I, I mean, I think that's kind of cool to have, you know, to get feedback, to get, um, to have conversations with, with, with the clients. And there are some galleries that we've worked with that we just won't share the client's information because they don't, that's just not how they work. On the flip side, I have, you know, the, the gallery that I work with in, in LA, I've met some of my um, best collectors and I actually have become friends with some of them through that gallery. So it's, you know, it's hit and miss, but I do really, really, um, like the the community aspect of the uh, of the nft space as well and i hope that actually the the physical art world kind of you know follows form with that yeah there's a lot to learn there i mean it's collectors equals fans at this point and you're growing a fan base and mm -hmm. these are repeat collectors at this point i mean they gotta catch yeah. on i hope so yeah I, I i definitely think there's a lot that can be learned from from both worlds honestly but um mm -hmm. but yeah yeah so structure from one side and then just like a uh, sense of community connection to both sides. So I, I, you've given me some info on, on kind of what you've been doing, I guess, if you want to dive into kind of the game plan, the um, kind of theme behind what you're doing with this nifty drop. Sure. Cause me personally, I, I, I think it's such a good way to kind of have a connection to stuff that's prior to you and being tied in the community and having a sense of kind of what's going on. So, and I don't even know this, so it's going to be a surprise to me. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i mean i i've i've struggled with this release making sure that it's like you know something because there's i'm sure every artist that you've talked to has had this like sense of imposter syndrome especially if they're Definitely. like a traditional artist that's kind of entering into this space um so i mean i've 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 put i guess blood sweat and tears into this to try to make it the best thing that i could possibly make it but the idea behind it is that I wanted to tell a story and it's a continuation of a series that I've been working on for probably like the past, uh, three years, three or four years, maybe, um, called the, uh, I call it oil and water. Um, and it's like these, these vintage ships with like graffiti tags painted on all of the sails of the ship. 
And, um, I've made those like last year, I did a piece, um, that was called the, the year that took the wind out of our sails. And that was about kind of just everybody's in my own experience with, with dealing with this pandemic and all of that kind of stuff and the isolation and all of that. And, and all of the other things that happened um, simultaneously, like you had the, the black lives matter movement and you had just all of these different things happening. And so I wanted to capture um, that through, through that piece. And so this is kind of a continuation, but a little bit more personal for me, because it's like the, you know, my introduction to the NFT space. So, um, and I, I kind of broke it out into sort of three, I guess, chapters almost like the, the first chapter was kind of like me refamiliarizing myself with, um, you know, the, the tech behind crypto and, um, uh, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and then the second piece was kind of about just my experience as a creator, um, or trying to be a creator in this space. Um, but also kind of like paying homage to, um, the, the, the great creators and collectors that, that exist in this space and that, that really kind of paved the way for everybody else. Um, and then the third piece was just, I mean, I, I, if you guys have been, and obviously you've been following the, the, the mood, um, in the space and that mood has been a little bit volatile. Um, and I think that's just, you know, a reflection of the market. And so I wanted to do a piece that was about that, um, <laughs> the different moods. Um, and so that's, uh, um, how it's kind of structured and then kind of to boot, I wanted to make this tie into the next release that I do with nifty or the second, I should say the second release that I do with nifty. And so within the graffiti on all of these ships, like spread across all of the different pieces, there's, um, kind of like a hidden, uh, puzzle. Um, and the next release, again, I should say the second release will have a piece that kind of unlocks how you start to figure that puzzle out. And, um, yeah. And when you're the first 10 people to figure out the puzzle are going to be rewarded. The first person is going to be rewarded with a a physical painting and a one-on-one, a one of one NFT. Um, and then the next nine people will be rewarded with, um, um, the, the subsequent, um, remaining numbers of that um, addition, which is out of 10. Um, but they, in order to like win, you also have to sort of be holding certain pieces in order to win so that, you know, we, we reward the people that are actually, you know, holding on to things and, and, and buying so, or in, in collecting. That's an awesome concept. It's, it's crazy how everyone we talk to has something else going on and like another way to use these NFTs for incentivizing collectors. It's really fun it's, to hear. It's tough. Cause it's like, logistically, you got to figure out um, the way to do this in a way that's going to make it work too. I mean, that, that is not so confusing too, that people are just like, fuck this. I, don't, I can't do this. Right. So, and then know, tech it wise, to, it has to work. Well, that's exactly right. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I've, uh, that I, I think, you know, the entire time that I was kind of creating these pieces, um, and for me, the digital pieces take twice as long as any physical piece that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but the entire time that I was doing those, I was, I was thinking about how to work this, this puzzle in there and make it, um, you know, solvable still, but like difficult enough where it's, you know, still fun. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of thought behind it, I think. So nice. Or are these, um, paintings that are photographed or are you doing this on a computer? So it's a mix of a few things. Um, one of them was done. Um, it was a physical, uh, uh, background that I, I, I drew all of the, actually I started off by, cause I wanted to learn all this different software and all this kind of stuff. So I started actually by, um, um, using 
Procreate, which is what I use to, to do all my sort of digital sketching to like design the tags. And then I actually went in and actually modeled in 3D some of those tags because I, I had an idea that didn't, didn't really pan out, but, um, but I still wanted to sort of play around with modeling software. So I modeled those in 3D so I could actually kind of like get the, um, the, the scale and the perspective and all of that, right? Um, and then I drew those onto the, um, the, the, the digital capture of the, of the physical background um, for one of those. And then for the other one, um, I actually painted it, um, but designed all the tags digitally and then painted the, physically painted the, the tags on the, um, on the background. So, and that's going to be the, the one of one auction plus the, um, the, the physical painting will be included in that one. So, um, and then the third one was done digitally as well. So I kind of wanted, like I said, I wanted to have, you know, a little bit of, of both worlds in there. Cause the whole idea for me was to, to try to figure out a way to, um, to bridge the, the tech and the, the art space. That's awesome. So I'm looking at some of the detailed pictures on your Instagram right now on your latest post. Oh, but that's not, that's not right. One of this is, okay. Okay. Just making sure. Yeah. yeah. So this is, uh, this is the similar one you were talking about right. uh, the year that took the wind out of our city. Right. So, right. Yeah. I can't wait to see what these new pieces uh, are going to be like, you said that's May 21st, correct? Right. Right. So that's a week from tomorrow. Yeah. All right. I'll send you guys a sneak preview if you want. Cool. You had, you, you deliver the assets. I have delivered the assets. Yes. <laughs> oh, you're way ahead of schedule, man. Well, the, I, you know, it's funny because I talked to my, the, they call them the producers over there. Right. And the guy was like, you know, ideally we'd like to have it maybe like a month before. And I was like, oh shit. I thought I had, I had like, you know, three or four more weeks to get this stuff done. And initially I'd wanted to include some movement in one of the pieces, but I just didn't think that it was for this release. I didn't think that, that, you know, adding any animation would be, would actually add something to the piece. So I haven't done any movement for this, this release, but the next one, there will be, there will be some fun stuff. Yeah. I think that's completely okay. I mean, I think the collectors in the space are savvy enough to realize that some stills like can show you more than an animated piece anyways. Well, and that was kind of the thing too. Yeah. I feel like, um, I've seen enough, I've, I've, I've been paying way too close attention to all of the, the releases. So I, I've become familiar with so many um, different artists. And I think that, you know, for what a lot of artists do, movement is fantastic. But for, I think for, for these pieces specifically, I almost feel like they would, that would detract from the, from the piece. So. So you like Tyler and have your seven, uh, your 655 alarm set. <laughs> You're nifty it's so bad. It's so bad because, like, I, like, and you and I, I think had an earlier conversation about this about how I was like, oh man, like I had this idea, but then I saw one release, and and you know maybe maybe collectors don't want that, and it's like you can't you can't do that because you'll just eat yourself up if you just you know uh, if you if you try to 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 I don't know tailor a drop to what you think people might want. You just got to do what you what you like to do, and 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 hopefully people like. It. And if they don't, no. Well, dude, I think like you were in the tough spot of like you're in a situation where the environment's evolving and changing as yeah. you're trying to piece your stuff together. So it's like it's not just like a one dimensional process or, or or format to where I'm sure like as you were going and as you were reading the market, you you kind of like, all right, well, I can work this in now. All right. These mechanics are here. I can work this in now. Right. And, and checking down and making sure that you you have the ability to do those things and then executing them too while all this shit's fine yeah and agile like not sleeping, looking like <laughs> looking over your shoulder what's next <laughs> oh yeah yeah it's it's been tough i just the simple question of like do you do open editions um 
but the, the problem problem with, with some of those things as well is like there's there's a price floor right that you can't um, that that nifty just wouldn't make any money and so you know they need to price things a certain uh, at a certain tolerance I guess and so you know just trying to figure out what's going to be best for all of the collectors and ultimately for me I decided that I wanted to have a very very small very limited drop so there are a total of 136 nfts that go with this drop like total there's nice. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's, um, and I think that they're, they, they should be priced pretty reasonably, I think, because it's not like that's, and that's the other thing that's been very interesting, especially coming from like the physical, um, traditional art world is like, how does the, how do the prices between these two worlds play together? And that's been very interesting to try to figure out. Yes. Yeah, so I was actually looking at your physical art. You're all sold out right now, but the prices I was thinking, I was telling Larry before we came on here, I was like, I've never like bought expensive art for my house or anything, but I, I would like to. And now that I've like purchased NFTs for like $2,000, $3,000, I'm like, I would definitely pay that for a physical painting in my house now. It's changed my whole view of it. Yeah. And that's, um, I don't, I don't know how yet, um, to navigate that. Um, because I do, when, when this thing first blew up, I, I thought, I guess, naively that, you know, some of my favorite artists I, I was talking to and I was like, oh man, I can't wait to see your drop. Maybe I'll be able to get an open edition. And then you'd go on to the drop and you'd be like, oh shit, I can't afford that. I'm not going to, I can't spend that much on, on, on an open edition. But um, it was definitely like, that was scary because you, you were seeing these crazy prices. And I was almost afraid to even jump in the space because my physical work is at a price that I'm pretty comfortable with right now. And um, my wife and I have been very, very, um, uh, very deliberate about, about our pricing and, and making sure that it doesn't climb too quickly and things like that, because like you can price yourself out of so many people's budget right. very quickly by doing that. And that's not sustainable and, um, not for us anyways, but, uh, so yeah, that's, it's been, it's been an interesting balance. So do you want to get into that? Do you have like your pricing structure and kind of like what that format looks like? Um, for the NFT release or for, for the nifty release? Yeah, yeah, yeah like, sure. we won't be dropping this until what would we say? It'd be Monday, Monday, Monday. Yeah. Unless yeah, that's too yeah. early. No, that's not too early at all. No, I actually, this information I think, uh, um, is on my website now. I think my wife put together like a, a, a book of, or Dude, a view book or whatever about it. But, that's um, always the hardest to find. Like you have to actually be like nowadays it's, Nowadays, I say like, <laughs> I say like <laughs> but like the literally over the last like like I don't know month the the self promotion and the um just like the, the internal marketing that the artist has to do because there's so oh, many yeah. drops going on yeah like, you have to be on that and it it's sometimes hard to find this info yeah I only know like a week out because sometimes you know, I'm kind of stuck with nifty gateways like schedule unless I am actively looking up people's websites. Right. Right. Well, and that's it. We, we also didn't want to put it out there too early um, because I'm also in the midst of like, I've got that, that solo show opening tomorrow. So it's kind of like yep. balancing the two of those, but, um, but no, that is, it's, it's, it is public now. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'm fine going into the, the, the structure of it. So there's um, there's a one of one um, NFT plus physical painting auction. And obviously that's, that's just going to be whatever, whatever somebody's going to pay for it, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. I, I'm not setting a reserve or anything like that. So, you know, the uh, zero is the, the floor, I suppose. Um, yeah. 
And then from that, there are five variants that I did um, based on that, that, um, that original painting where I modified, um, in some cases I added sales, in some cases I, I, I just changed the tags up. In some cases I did, you know, different color schemes for the tags, but they were all like sort of individually, um, digitally painted or whatever. Um, and each one of those, those five variants is an addition of 10 and the price for those is 555. Wonderful um, drawing, I would imagine. Yeah, drawing. Yeah, well, and that's the I. I you know, I, I'm not putting any restrictions on because I have a lot of people that are, are that are interested in this who who are just getting into the, the the space and they don't have any NFTs. So I can't put you know restrictions on that quite yet because that would just eliminate my entire following or some of the people that were interested at least in in participating in this. Um, and then I'm doing. Um, the, there's one edition of 75 and that's priced at 350. And then there is uh, an edition of 10 and that's the piece. And I didn't talk about this at all, but that was like the third piece that is uh, um, it's based on, have you guys watched that uh, Netflix documentary on um, the, the, the robbing of that museum in Boston? The uh, My coworker told me to watch it. My girlfriend's been watching. Yeah. I need to watch it. It's fucking amazing. Half a um, billion dollars or something. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of money and art that was stolen. Um, but one of the the pieces that was stolen um, caused like the biggest stir because it was a Rembrandt and it was you know this this painting called uh, the Storm on the Sea of Galilee, and it's basically the story of like Jesus trying to calm the the water, calm his disciples or followers or whatever the, the twelve disciples. Um, when they're like freaking out on the stormy waters. And so for that piece, um, it kind of worked out perfectly because there's like a very clear divide between these two sales. And on the one sale, I put graffiti tags that were kind of all about like being calm, like hodl and, you know, um, just, just, you know, I don't know the, the more sort of like level headed market strategy. And on the other hand, or the other sale, I put all of kind of like the tags that are about, you know, uh, people paper handing and, and, and certainty and all of that. Yeah, exactly. All of that kind of stuff. And I even put a joke in there about like um, Judas paper handing Jesus for like 30 pieces of silver. <laughs> people are going to love that. I hope so. But it's uh, um, but yeah, so uh, that, that piece is um, uh, a limited edition of 10 and each of those is also um, no wait, That's a silent auction. So that's, yeah, that's, that's, so I think I've, I've pretty much covered kind of like all the different, uh, ways that you can sort of approach the the drop aside from the open editions only because I just felt like, um, again, I wanted to keep it super limited. And um, um, I just feel like the the response to open editions is not a generally positive one lately, it seems like. And that could yeah. just be- In this market right now, it's kind of like, it's just overload. I think it's a good idea because it's, there's only so much money to go around and people, it seemed like when there was open editions, there was a lot of turnover where people were yeah. just taking a loss to get the next drop and the next drop. And it's, now we're getting people who are only buying things that they like, hopefully. Right, right. Well, and it's also, you know, I, I'm sure there are so many people who are kind of upset that maybe they missed the boat on like the crazy drops that were happening. But I'm almost looking at it like, you know, I hit it kind of at the perfect time because this time kind of forced me and made me take a look at it and say like, you want to do this in a very, very limited way, which I think is much better for the collectors and the secondary market and all of that kind of stuff. And I think that that is a better approach for me um, than just sort of, you know, uh, opening it up and, 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 and over minting, I guess. And that's not to say that anybody else who, who had, you know, that, that this is just for me at, at this time, I think. 
Yeah. Well, it's just it seems like a a, a pretty good combo of uh, affordable to to people who who want it. I mean, there's still the suspense of, of of a drawing, and then you also got you know with the silence and the um in the one of one auctions, you you know you, you're kind of you know put your nuts on the table a little bit and, and <laughs> take a little bit of a risk there. You know, like why not? Um, well, that was the thing is, you know, Becca, my wife and I were talking about that, the original, especially because you're like, if, if that doesn't sell for what, you know, our normal original paintings would sell for, that's that's kind of a loss, especially, you know, given the, the, the time that I've got into it. But but like you said, it, this is kind of a uh, I think it's a, a risk, but uh, I, it's one I'm willing to take. Yeah. And it's calculated. You guys seem to have it down pretty good. At least your wife seems to be at least. Yeah, she's the one that's got it down <laughs> Right. She's, she's the level-headed <laughs> of the of the, the two of us. So is there anything you can get into as far as like the puzzle and like what people will need to be holding in order to be kind of playing? Sure. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I can't tell you, you know, what's hidden in there, um, yeah. but there's information. And again, it's, it's the, the puzzle is broken out uh, amongst all of the pieces in this release. So you don't need to own all of the pieces in order to, to play, but you would need to at least look probably at the, the images um, in order to, to, to figure it out. Um, but there's a, there's a whole kind of like structure and it, this is on the, the release page, but it's also on my website um, in order to, to participate. Basically it's kind of like, if, if you purchased, first of all, if you won the auction for the one of one, um, that automatically, you know, guarantees you the ability to be one of the, the, the first people to solve that puzzle and grab that second original, um, beyond that. And I, I can't promise that I would get this right. So, um, double check, you know, if you're, if you're listening to this, double check the, the website, but, um, it's just a combination of owning, you know, like one of the variants, um, Plus um, the the new piece that's going to come out in the second release that kind of unlocks because that's going to be worked into a piece of artwork as well. Um, beyond that, it's like possibly owning um, one or two of the uh, uh, or a couple of the the smaller price point editions, uh, the the editions of seventy five, um, and it's a combination of those things. So um, I can't. I honestly, I, I'm my memory. That's, no, that's good enough. Yeah, yeah that's great. <laughs> Nope, but, we have a concept. Uh, we, we've got some sort of direction. It's more than enough. Dude, that's probably more information than I feel like 80% of the people that are able to give anyway. Well, we actually, when we were figuring out how to uh, how to present this information, my wife was like, you need to make a key um, like with, with images because <laughs> yeah. it's going to get real confusing otherwise. But uh, um, but I think we've got it down pretty much to where uh, it's, it's, not, it's not super confusing and people should be able to at least figure out what they need in order to, to figure out the, uh, the, the puzzle. So. so where are you at with, with phase two, I guess? I don't know if it has a name. Or a- it's coming quick. Um, it's slated for, um, for July 22nd. Um, and I just wrapped this up and I just wrapped up my solo show and I've got, um, tomorrow I've got to get going on, um, uh, some commissions that are like almost past due at this point. So, um, I got to get to work. Um, where am I at with the second release? Um, nowhere yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I have the concept down. I just yeah, haven't yeah, yeah. worked on it yet, which is uh, a little frightening, but, um, but we'll figure it out. Yeah. That was just getting a pulse to what your sleep schedule is going to look like for the next three months. So. Yeah, yeah. I feel like um, I feel like my wife and I have been saying this this for the past probably ten years now. It's like, you know, part of the reason that we got into to 
to being self-employed was so that we would have the time to do the things that we love to do. Cause like, that's the only thing you can't get more of. Right. Yeah. And we always say like, we're going to have more time. We're going to have more time. And then I always take on every project that comes my way. And then at the, you know, I'm like, I, I I'm not sleeping. My wife hasn't seen me in weeks and <laughs> it's like, you know, but um, I think, um, I think I'm in a, a pretty good place right now. I'm actually going to take a few days off after, um, after the, the show opens and definitely take a day or two off after the nifty release. And, and then I'll just jump back in and, and get to it. Nice. Yeah. Just do the majority of your art in your prime, and then you can just do dribbles here and there and retire whenever you want. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. I mean, I've, I've weirdly gotten into some, some fun things. Like there's a sport called pickleball, which I don't know if you've ever heard of. I have. <laughs> yeah. It's like the fastest growing sport in the nation, I guess, but, uh, I'm kind of, weirdly addicted to that sport and i actually we we bought this building and it's actually less than a mile i, I think from like eight pickleball courts so I, I i play as much as possible um but uh yeah so i'm trying to at least get out and see the sun every once in a while too oh you gotta mix in a pickleball reference into a oh, yeah I, yeah i think i actually did actually in one of the Ooh. last waters i did um not not these but uh um but yeah because i mean it was consuming my life so yeah <laughs> I'm sure a lot of stuff like that bleeds through in your art. <laughs> yes, it definitely does. But, but yeah, so the so, references that we see for your pop culture references, those are things that you like, I would imagine. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I grew up, um, I was born in the late, really late seventies, but I, I grew up in like the eighties and the nineties. And so, yeah, these like, and my parents were super young. They started having kids when they were like 17, I think. So it was almost like we were grown up together. So the, the, the pop culture that I loved was also, you know, it was, I, I was introduced by or to it by my, my parents. So um, yeah, that's, it's all the stuff that I've, I've either grown up on or that I've grown to love over the, the past, I don't know, few years, I guess. That'll be fun to continue watching your art grow with the pop culture references as your life moves along. Well, yeah, it almost felt like, um, especially last year, man, like the, the news was just one, one crazy story oh. after another. And so wow. it was like, I, I almost felt like half of my job was just cataloging the events of, of, of the world <laughs> and kind of at least trying to make people laugh with them a little bit, but, um, and some, obviously you really can't make people laugh, but, uh, um, uh, at this point, I've, I've actually stopped watching the news because it's, first of all, it's very depressing, but second mm-hmm. of all, um, you know, I've just got, I've got too many other things that I want to paint. I don't want to just get mired down into, into, into painting the, the headlines. Talk about an everyday's project, right? Yeah. Well, that would just, well, and that's essentially that, that you know, I, I woke up this morning and last night I was watching uh, the prices, you know, falling on, on, um, yep. on, crypto and i was like oh man am i gonna buy am i gonna buy (laughs) (laughs) so uh and then i I woke up this morning i thought i got in at a pretty i i bought a little bit more ethereum last night or ether rather um and uh uh, i woke up this morning and i i've been also watching bitcoin to see like oh he's gonna drop it can i get it you know at at this price whatever (laughs) and i woke up this morning to see to see people's every day from from last night and i was like "Uh oh what's going on and i was (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we just so, get our news from people every day. Oh my god! Yeah, I, that's well. And apparently, like he just works with CNN on the background, or he, a combination of a bunch of different media outlets on all the time. Oh. I would, I would put a gun in my mouth if that was. I, I can't. I doesn't seem like a good environment for creation. Yeah. yeah, it would be great for creation, but real bad for morale. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but no, it's it's uh, yeah, it's been fun. 
do you do commercial work it, just as far as like working with brands or anything like that? Yeah, a little bit. Um, not all that often, but um, I've done work for, um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say one of them that I just finished up, um, but I have done work for um, McDonald's. I've done work for, um, who else have I done work for? Other people. <laughs> it's, yeah. I think it's all listed there. Um, but uh, um, I, I, I just don't know if I'm allowed to say. No worries. Uh, but yeah, McDonald's is actually like, they were amazing to work with. Their creative team was hilarious. Um, but, uh, um, but they also have to jump through a lot of hoops for everything that they do. So I mean, the, the lawyers are all over everything. So yeah, it's not like the wild west of the NFT game. No, you can do anything here, but there they're like, you know, what are we going to title this painting? And you give them a title and they're like, let's run that by legal. And they're like, legal doesn't <laughs> like the word shoes. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's, let's use clogs. Instead. That's right, exactly. So, <laughs> um, yeah, and I, you know, I've, I've I've listened to your podcast since since I guess day one or whatever, but not day one, but uh, um, I've gone back and listened to every episode. But uh, that's the one kind of thing that I keep hearing about with with a lot of the digital creators is that um, it seemed like a lot of them are are not going back to to client work at this point. Yeah, I, I mean, it's something that. Um... It was a necessity, obviously, and and I can't speak for them, but you know, we, we're good enough friends with Mike to where we saw, you know, the risk he took in in terms of jumping in and, and going for something he's been passionate about and, and working that side. It's not easy to manage, so it's just like super exciting to see, you know, really all of them and and kind of thrive in this space, being you know relatively early. And and I appreciate the um the share, even like I mean, because I mean, we're 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 making this podcast because we're like enjoy talking about this stuff, really. So. To see someone, um, you know, reach out and, and and enjoy what we're talking about, just shooting shit. It's, uh, it's well, honestly, it, it it was the most helpful I think podcast that I you know when I was first getting into this this space and trying to learn everything I could about it, I was listening to everything I could get my hands on. Um, but it, you guys were sort of like the first conversational um, podcast that I that I found where you were actually you know, you had both sides of it kind of covered. You had like the, the collector side covered and you also had the creator side covered and you talked just like you were having a conversation. And honestly, that's the most helpful, I think, for anybody, you know, who's trying to learn about this space. And so for me, it was like anybody, you know, who wants to get into this space should listen to your podcast because you guys have, you know, you've got both of those perspectives covered. And I think that's, that's important. Wow. Really appreciate it. Yeah. yeah it means a lot. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what's going on half the time. We're just kind of like learning as we go. So I'm glad that's, everybody. Well, I mean, that's exactly the way the rest of the world is right now too with this, right? I mean, yeah. I, I mean, you've never seen a space I feel like that's evolved this quickly in the span of what three or four months. I mean, obviously, we know that that this has been a thing for 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 much longer than that, but uh, um, but just the way the market has changed in the past two months is is that's pretty unheard of in the in the rest of the world. I feel like. Dude, for the if you actually attach the dollar like figures that that are being kind of moved around, it's it's crazy. There there, there can't be anything. I mean, maybe there's something that it, that's relatable to this, but the the rapid growth is it's insane. And oh, it is absolutely yeah, and the innovation is also insane too. I mean, you see what people like you know, Mad Dog Jones is doing, and what uh, what Pac was doing, and and all of these people, and you're like, holy shit! Like these people are really you know, they're pushing the, the boundaries of, of what's possible with this. And, uh, um, and that's kind of where I want to get into, you know, after I get, get caught up is, um, cause I mean, I have a degree in, in, in computer science. So like, 
you know, the, the programming aspect of this is kind of what really, really super intrigues me. So, so what's your favorite language? Uh, (laughs) well, I spent 10 years, um, in, in the sort of Microsoft stack, um, writing.net, um, code, but, uh, um, so that was like C sharp, which was, I, I loved C sharp, but then, um, I moved to a company that was like an ad tech company and they were all open source. And so I, it was everything from, um, you know, PHP and Python and all of that kind of stuff to, to JavaScript, which I think is honestly probably one of my favorite, you know, I, it, obviously it's just a scripting language, but I, I think it's probably my favorite just from, um, how elegant it is, but how lightweight it is and how much you can do with it. So honestly, I, I want to say like, I've been a good, good, uh, software engineer and I've, I've stayed on top of things when I left, but I, I really haven't had time. And so it's been like three years since I've really gotten, you know, down and dirty with, with, with any, any programming, um, my wife had like built our, our website and she was using, uh, what's the one that's built on uh, PHP, the, uh, I don't know, every once in a while I'd have to go in there and, and, and like fuck with some like real bad PHP <laughs> code. And I was like, this site sucks. We got to do something about this. And so she's still really using Wix, which is built off of something that's not PHP. So I'm happy again. Maybe you'll build your own, uh, you can just build your own auction house someday. Smart <laughs> that's right. right. That's right. Yes, I will. I will capitalize on, on all of the finances that way. <laughs> yeah, as full circle as it gets. That's right. How much do you know about those smart contracts? Like, are those written in a certain language or anything? Or yeah, smart contracts. Um, it looks like they're written in kind of like almost like a. Um, the language they use is called Solidity, I think. Um, but mm. most of the smart contracts are actually just, uh, I guess the most of the, the, the meat and potatoes of the smart contract is really just JSON, um, uh, which is basically kind of like just a, they call it, it's, it's JavaScript object notation, which is just, uh, uh, it's like a data structure essentially with, with a little bit of behavior that can be built into it. The, the smart contracts themselves, it looks like, and I, I kind of just started today looking into um, what it would take for me to actually create uh, my own smart contracts and um, build and deploy um, my own NFTs. Um, but um, they basically, everything that you, you do just needs to conform to that, uh, the ERC, um, whatever, whatever flavor, the, the 721 or the 1155 spec. And basically that's just like, you know, saying, hey, there's this interface. I need to, you know, uh, make sure that I, I implement this interface and uh, good to go. It's coming. That's actually, <laughs> that's super exciting. I'm like, Excited that that's a possibility where, well, that's what I, and I don't know if any of the stuff that I want to do is possible, but like, you know, the idea of evolving artwork um, that can change to sort of, you know, I don't know, whatever third-party API data provider that you can think of that to me is like, that's going to be pretty exciting. Um, I think that's what Micah Johnson was talking about when he was saying like interfacing with like AMC movie theaters, if you wanted to like, um, you know, reward your token holders for that, like at the movie theater or something. Right. Like. Yeah. Or, I mean, just imagine like making the artwork actually, for example, if like I, I did a painting of a Bitcoin, a giant Bitcoin is kind of like a monument at one point. And you could have like the, the actual Bitcoin grow and shrink with the, the price of Bitcoin. That would be, oh. under, you know, things like that. That would be, Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Async actually, art might have some of those uh, abilities, maybe. Yeah, that's what I thought. Because I and I haven't had a chance to look into them at all. But from what I've heard, because they're doing a lot of interesting things with like the layers, right? So, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's almost like they're they're creating like a shareholder um, ownership of a piece of artwork, right? 
Yeah, yeah. And it can kind of, based on the layers, they can swap out. Like certain ones have like a day or night theme. So it like flips yeah. at a certain time. But I'm sure they could build that out further to like accept information from, like we were saying, the third-party API that like dictates what is now being shown. But yeah, yeah like you said, I think it's shareholder kind of decisions at this point. Yeah, well, and I'll tell you guys kind of like the the final I, off off of off of the air, I think, but uh, the final um, release that I want to put together that's going to take a little bit more time, and um, and how some of those those um, like external data data providers would be would be kind of cool to to integrate into the the that release. But uh, Ooh, we'll have to have you back on later to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. See, we're just setting the seed. We're doing exactly what you're doing. Just setting the next one up so yeah. perfect yeah <laughs> you guys must be having a blast with this this has got to be it's just i love learning new things about the i mean i there's not one person i've spoken to that didn't teach me something about the way they're thinking about the space or like their ideas or plans for the future and it's like it just expands my horizons well how, how did you guys actually get into you're both on the on the collector side correct correct yeah yeah how did I you guys mean, get into this through mike he, yeah, he got also, yeah. So he um, uh, he told me what he was doing with Blau back in October. Uh, I think he started like in, uh, maybe back in August, but he it was in October. We had a conversation about what he was doing, and for some reason, it just made sense to me. So I just started buying his stuff. Um, and um, and, and honestly, I was kind of uh, looking for something to quote unquote invest in, and I thought put, putting it back into him. In worst case, you know, I own his art. I didn't really. They didn't really care. Um, right. But then, I mean, that had me buying ETH to buy stuff on Super Rare. And then I was a de facto uh, crypto holder and going yep. back and I'm looking, I'm like, oh, holy shit. I bid 10 ETH to open up Mike's uh, <laughs> uh, one, of the, one of his auctions back in Super Rare back in October. And I was like, holy shit, I don't even remember doing that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it was pretty organic. And um, I mean, it's been beneficial considering you know what, what the crypto market's done like just stumbling in there so um, I, I believed enough in november to buy in but i didn't understand what was going on it didn't click yet for a while it i've definitely shifted positions now from like trying to make money in this like short term at all and like really thinking about like just holding art that i like because i like it and i think that there's going to be applications for it in the future that we don't even understand yet and it's yeah and it's that's the way if you can't miss I agree with that. I, I think that, you know, um, that's the other thing that I've, I've been a little bit like reluctant to jump into some of the conversations on the, on the nifty discord, because, you know, that's a lot of talk about just the sort of the market mechanics of the artwork. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I agree with you where I kind of have always approached art where, you know, if there's something that I like, then I'm not looking at it like as an investment, I'm, I'm looking at it like I, I this, this is something I like. And I, um, I almost want, um, all of my collectors to kind of be the same way. So um, I'd much rather sell a painting to someone who, who really likes it than someone who is just looking to, um, I don't know, to, to flip it. Yeah. Trust me, dude. I don't think there's one thing that we've bought and sold that we, that we have like haven't sold too early. Like this is coming from a dude that was the first secondary Beeple sale back in November. <laughs> what an idiot. So like <laughs> I was pumped to make a couple grand. I was like, this is the best thing ever. I could do this at least once a week. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> living. So uh, yeah, well, I'd be remiss to not mention Tyler 
dropping um, his last stand for $69 after. That is the one I've heard you guys say that multiple yeah. times. And I yeah, was I figured, like, what I, I figured you catch the reference. We haven't said it for a few episodes. So. Yeah, I had to bring it back now that uh, the price is slipping a little. We got some new collectors pulling in the last stand. It's really exciting to uh, be able to spread that to someone else at this point. Yeah. Yeah. That is, um, I mean, I can't even imagine what it would be like to be, to be Mike and, 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 or Slime or whatever you guys call him. Um, um, <laughs> he must've been just like, I don't know. That must've blown his mind to, 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 to see the, the, the meteoric rise of that piece. It's yeah. Yeah. I, I dude, trust me. I, li- I listed mine for sale for like 1300 bucks. I was like, this is, there's no way someone's going to buy this. And then <laughs> within like 48 hours it was gone. But yeah, that, that, that goes to like what's behind it too. It's like there's a story behind that. There's like some sort of like historical, re- you know, reference when you know you're tying in his work to the what's going on with crypto and in in decentralization and everything like that. And and I think to tie it back into your stuff too, it's like the tides of of the market. It kind of feels like it flows right into kind of what you've conceptualized. So I personally, I, I think that's I'll, I'll always stress this that it's knowing what's behind your art is I think the most important part. So. Yeah. And I, you know, I hope that uh, the, just anybody getting into the space is getting into it for, you know, you always want to hope that everybody's getting into it for the, for the right reasons, but um, the NFT side of things actually brought me more, I guess, in line with like the, the crypto side of things. And like I said, I've always um, understand it or understood it rather from a tech side, but I, I didn't, until, um, until I was introduced to NFTs, I didn't really understand it from like the principal side of things. And now it's almost like, um, yeah, I want to diversify my, my assets and I want, I, you know, I want to own crypto for that, but I also like fundamentally believe in, in what it, what it stands for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that I feel like is, is pretty important. So, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm like proselytizing to all my friends and family and, you know, you got to get in on this and, you know, <laughs> same. And they're all getting sick of hearing it. They're all like, Jesus, can we have like one family dinner where we don't talk about these <laughs> or crypto or anything like that? But, uh, um, but yeah, you find something you love and you're like, oh, you want to spread it. I feel the same way. Uh, just, like, <laughs> kind of a pariah in some circles now. It's like, <laughs> cut it out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, whatever. I, it was funny. I was, I was actually play. I, I took a little bit of time off today and I went and played pickleball and there's a couple of older guys that I play with. And, and some of them have just absolutely no idea what's going on with, uh, with crypto and with, with NFTs. And there was one guy that I was talking to and he's like, aren't you worried that, you know, the, the government's going to outlaw crypto? And I was like, no. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, actually we had a, we had a, an interesting conversation about it as kind of like, you know, an asset class versus like uh, an actual utilitarian kind of currency and, um, and where the future is going with it and all of that kind of stuff. But uh, um, I think it's, I think it's going to be here for, for a while. So I don't think it's going anywhere. Well, I think if you're going to be, if, if you're hanging around the pickleball guys, it's, I got to say that demo's at least 50 plus on average. So you're probably walking into some naive dudes regardless. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be the coolest guest you've ever had just by virtue of my pickleball stories. (laughs) Yeah. This artist hangs out with people at least twice his age playing pickleball. Yeah. He dominates them. You sure you're in New York somewhere in South Florida, just semi-retired? That's funny. (laughs) Because the community... So we're from, um, my wife and I live in, in, um, 
in the Western New York, upstate New York. And like this winter has been just absolutely brutal and we couldn't take it anymore. And we also were, you know, in the midst of like renovating this building that had like huge ice dams and water was just coming in through every brick and every window <laughs> winter time. And there were points where we were just like, fuck this, we got to get out of here. Um, and so we actually booked a vacation next year um, towards like the end of, of February to go to Florida. And we're going to like St. Augustine. Um, and the first thing that I looked up was to see if they had pickleball courts there. <laughs> hey, that's the oldest city in America. They have that's, to have a pickleball. Yeah, court. yeah. I think I've memorized their like tagline. It's like the oldest continuously inhabited European <laughs> settlement in the country. Right. It has to be very particular on that. Word. Yeah, I mean, like that's a very, very fine point that they put on that. Yes. So you just look for places. Let, let me go down the checklist. I need pickleball. I need to have. I need to have dinner at four o'clock. Right, right. I need to be I need to be up at, at, at four in the morning. Right, prune juice at eight. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah. Up at eight, so yeah, exactly. Early bird specials. Uh, yep, that's funny. Yep, <laughs> that's that's the life. So I was looking at your picture from uh, the Goonies. Uh, hey, you guys, <laughs> who was who was the person behind them? Was, was it the anyone famous that you painted over? Oh, the person behind it. I was like, huh, that's sloth. Um, uh no no this is like a uh it's a fairly like i guess pseudo famous like lithograph um but i don't know who the person it was just like some stodgy aristocrat and i was like man that would be much funnier as (laughs) (laughs) and uh, it it was actually it was pretty small the the original painting was actually pretty small and there's a funny story that happened with that one too but um when i finally finished that one i i used a a baby ruth uh, for scale and sent it to the <laughs> to the email list to see would buy it but that was one where um it was like a weird substrate the the background material was like almost this like slate material and i had finished the painting um and it actually had sold um and right before i sent it out i was like i'm gonna varnish this uh one more time and something happened with the varnish and it reacted with like the a certain couple of colors uh, and the background for some reason and it just peeled the paint right off of um off of sloth's face and so i had his face (laughs) no more varnishing i mean i yeah just be careful where you varnish yeah i guess That was, uh, that was scary. Cause I mean, it wouldn't have been scary, but I mean, it had already sold and, um, and, uh, yeah, that was, Oh, you bought my piece. Let me fuck it up real quick. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> I, I think the lesson learned there was don't sell a piece and then varnish it, varnish it and then sell the piece. Yeah. That, that, that was the, the real lesson that we learned that day. Oh, that's good shit. I, I um, I think I meant to ask this earlier. Is there any piece that you're just like, that's like not a trademark, but something that you'll always kind of remember, like most memorable piece or something like that? Anything? I've got um, two that I I will never sell. Um, One of them is kind of like uh, um, just a, a remember where you came from kind of a thing. Um, and so, and I, I, I don't know if I've talked to, to you guys about this on, and just over like chats or whatever, but, um, part of the reason that I actually went to school for computer science was because, you know, my parents didn't have any money growing up and they always kind of, you know, the, the whole like idea of a starving artist was, was a real thing. Um, and so, um, we didn't like when I was growing up, we didn't even have a shower. We had like a clawfoot tub that was just like part of the house, probably since like the 1800s. Um, and it had one of those like cork stoppers. 
And, um, I found this old like ocean scene. Um, actually I didn't find it. Someone gave it to me and I painted, um, almost like in a, in a surreal kind of fashion, like a giant cork stopper, just floating above the ocean and called it plugged. Um, and so I won't ever sell that one. And then there's another one that I just won't sell because it took me forever. To- <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I love that stand. <laughs> it's just, you've got like an emotional invest investment into it at this point where it's like, you know, um, if I looked at this piece and it turned out really well and I really liked it and it was like, would I rather have, you know, cause it was going to be through a gallery and it was like, would I rather have, um, this amount of money, which is half of like what, what, what it would actually sell for, or would I really rather have the, the physical painting? And so now that's like the only, the only piece that's like hanging in, in the, the living quarters of, of, of our house, apartment, whatever you call it. There you go. Yeah. So everything else is uh, up for grabs. Love it. And you're selling prints online too. So people can check that out. Yeah, we do um, uh, a little bit. We have like the, the, the website's kind of broken up into, into two sections where like there's uh, some, some more like standard prints. And then we do every once in a while, we'll do like a special print release where it's a little bit more limited and it's on, you know, like velvet rag paper and things like that. And so um, yeah, there's, there's kind of both, but the ALF uh, alien one is unbelievable. Oh, that was one of the few. Yeah. So this is what I mean. Like I, I, I kind of forget some of the digital stuff that I've done over the years. Like I used to do these, um, I'm sure you guys have them everywhere. The, like we have them in, in, in upstate New York where they have like these, these art festivals where it's like, you know, just people in tents and, and they're selling their wares on, you know, on the street while there's a big festival going on. And for a number of years I did, I did, I participated in those festivals, but if it wasn't busy, if people weren't coming through the tent, like I would have my iPad and I would just be drawing shit. So, um, and that's where, uh, the alien elf came out <laughs> when I posted that. I remember a lot of people don't know what elf is and, um, they were just like, what the, the fuck is that? Um, He's got a dick on his nose. <laughs> that's I think. Yeah, that's I, I was trying to say it, but yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so then I see Mario and Pen. The pen work is so intricate, man. Oh, that's the the. Oh, it's the, Luigi. Sorry. Yeah, the doodle. That's uh, yeah. Did you see the? Uh, oh my god, there was one. Um, I did a a large version of that because that one was pretty small. But there's a large version floating around there. Someone has it. It's a um, it's a Boba Fat, and that took me like well over a hundred hours because it was all scribbles and doodles. Oh my god! Yeah, that was that was that was nuts. You see um, that, Larry? <laughs> Dude, that was uh, that was crazy. I honestly, that's one where like if I could maybe if I could have that one back, I probably would not have. Um, I wouldn't have given that up, but, oh my God, that's so trippy, dude. (laughs) I actually thought about doing, um, you know, when I was first coming up with like what the ideas were that I wanted to do for this release, that was one of the ideas that I had for, for a nifty drop was doing something like that. Um, but I, I, I don't know why I decided not to do it, but probably because it would have taken, you'd still be scribbling. I would still be working on it right now. Yeah. (laughs) So I had that idea too, after seeing uh, Ryan Hawthorne's work where he does these big, like 10 K files, right. They're just huge files where you can zoom in on all these little aspects. He's so cool to do an NFT. That's like a huge file and you can just keep zooming in on like all the little intricacies. Yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine trying to store that on the blockchain? That'd cost you uh exactly. <laughs> it's, it's a million dollars to store this thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think and maybe someday I will. I don't know. Those are some of the most fun things for me to do because like a lot of the work that I do, it has to look like 
something, right? Those drawings were, you know, I, it was just stream of conscious. I would just, I would just sit down and scribble for hours and whatever happened, happened. I encourage people to go look at that picture. That just blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I definitely think that uh, if I, if, if I could go back in time, I probably would not have sold that one, but uh, say la vie. You might have a buyer if you do another one. So <laughs> whip one up if you want to. Yeah. I'll get back in touch with you in 3,000 hours. And I yeah. <laughs> no joke. <laughs> I'm not going to lie either. Every time I say your, your your full name, what I think is, like I say it as your um, Instagram handle, I just say David Pollard in my head. <laughs> Wait, how do you say it? Pollard Art. Pollard Art. Oh, Pollard Art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one word. I can't help it. That's just <laughs> That was like the big thing on, um, on Reddit. Cause I mean, I've had a Reddit account for a long time and, and whenever I would post to like anything, um, people would be like, polo Oh, tart. it's polo tart. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, Oh, chicken tart, which is actually kind of funny because, um, my, uh, my wife's brother, when he first met me, he used to call me Mr. Chicken because, um, he just thought my name sounded like chicken, which it does. So yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's amazing. Oh man. <laughs> Dave, it's been awesome talking to you, man. We can't wait for your nifty drop on Thursday, May 21st. Is it Thursday? Is it Friday? I think it's I think it's Thursday. God, I was gonna say nailed it, but I don't hold even... on, hold on. I should know this. Let me see. It is on May 21st is a Friday. Yep. So then so I'm gonna cut that. Is it on the 20th? No, no it's, it's on the 21st. Okay. Just to be clear. Are you sure? I don't think it was <laughs> Everyone get ready on the 20th, just in case. That's right. I'm pretty sure it's on the 21st. Yeah. And if we start, so here's what you do. If, if you haven't on the 20th, create your, your account. And then on the 21st. <laughs> yes. Buy, buy some graffiti on some, on some vintage ships. Oh. And if we misstated <laughs> no, anything, the right information is from his wife on his website. <laughs> She, yeah. And you know what? Shout out to my wife. Cause she is pretty incredible. Um, and she has helped seriously has helped me keep a level head. Cause I mean, even uh, you guys know, um, if whoever does, I, which one of you does the social media, by the way, is it, I, I, I do the Instagram. Uh, okay. So it was you that I was messaging with, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, you probably picked up that like this, this whole space definitely had me feeling like I was not good enough and everything that I was doing was, was going to be shit. Um, and Becca was definitely there all the time saying, just focus on the artwork. Don't worry about it. Just do what you do and it'll be fine. Yep. Blinders, bro. You took yep. them up when you needed to, to get a pulse check. And I, I honestly was grateful that you reached out and asked me for any type of advice at all. So it feels good that I was able to at least shed some sort of opinion that, that you, you hold, somewhat valuable and it means a lot i appreciate yeah, it no, worries. no this is this has been great you guys have been a lot of fun to talk to and uh yeah we'll do it again the, the next time sometime in july and we'll and technically it's it'll be uh we have it planned ahead shorter than the first one so <laughs> perfect and yeah. we'll do another one after that yeah man, round we'll, three sweet dude well i appreciate it and um looking forward to the job next week and, and awesome guys all right well this has been fun take it easy Catch you later, Dave. See you, man. Yeah. Damn, that's nifty.